Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 224, and today I'm going to be going over three red flags for bad product selection. And I'm doing this a little bit different today. I'm actually in the car. So we're going to call this a car cast. And the reason why I'm recording it in the car is because, well, I'm moving and my house is a little bit turned upside down because I've got my wife in there, I've got my uh, daughter in there, my older daughter, my son, my other daughter's in school, and uh, yeah, well, there's a lot of commotion and I'm like, you know what, I really need to record an episode here and, uh, well, I'll just go out in the car with the handheld mic and we'll see what happens. So uh, yeah, it's a beautiful day, it's actually 77 degrees, uh, beautiful sunny day. Uh, so I don't mind being out here. This is a little different. So let's mix it up a little bit, right? Uh, but yeah, I did uh, I did want to cover this because I get a lot of people asking me or saying like, you know, Scott, uh, you know, I think I found a really good product, but you know, I think that there's a lot of people selling the same product and I'm really not sure that I should sell this, this product. And, you know, it just seems like it's really saturated or, you know, you know, the, uh, you know, the numbers look really, really good, but you know, there's, 10 pages deep of everyone trying to sell this same garlic press. And uh, so that's why I, I kind of wanted to go through my thought process on this. And uh, hopefully, as you're going through this process, you can start to think about some of these things that I'm going to highlight here. And also those those clear red flags that could be like, you know what? Definitely don't just sell that type of product or that exact product. Um, so that's what I want to do. Now, before we do jump into today's episode of the car cast, the TAS car cast, that's got a nice ring to it. Uh, so, uh, what I wanted to remind you guys is, is that we also have transcripts and we have show notes that you can find, uh, at theamazingseller.com forward slash two, two, four. And, uh, that is the link that will bring you to the show notes page. There's transcripts there. You can download them. You can read them there. Um, yeah, you can do it all right there from that page. The other thing that I wanted to remind you guys is as I'm recording this right now, uh, we are going to be not, or actually I shouldn't say when I'm recording this, when this airs, let's say that, um, you know, my workshop, uh, that I normally do once a week or once every other week right now, I'm currently not doing them through this move. So if you're listening to this, on the air date, which should be sometime in July, probably beginning of July, um, you're still going to probably want to register for an upcoming workshop because right now I'm pausing doing them because I'm so busy, but uh, I'm going to start doing them back up probably first or second week in July, uh, but just register at the page to uh, to be notified and that'll be, and you'll also see the date and stuff, theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop and you can find out when the upcoming workshop is and that workshop really, if you guys are brand new, probably don't know what that is. It's actually where I walk you through the five phases for launching your first product. So if you want to show or have me show you how to do that and kind of what I've done and what other people have done, um, definitely check that out. We also do live Q&A and all of that good stuff. And the last thing I want to remind you guys is about our TAS Facebook group, which is absolutely amazing. You guys know that. And uh, or if you don't know it, then you have to get over there and check it out. But uh, yeah, I think there's just about 30,000 in that community now. And there is so really, really bright people in there and really, really helpful people as well. So definitely go check that out at theamazingseller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy for Facebook. All right. So let's dive in. What do you say? Uh, the three red flags for bad product selection. These are, again, this is my kind of like my opinion and kind of like the things that I look 
you know, for when I'm looking through products and uh, and whenever I hear someone say that, you know, I just think that it's either too saturated or, you know, isn't Amazon becoming too saturated because, you know, I see that there's products selling, but there's a whole bunch of people selling that same exact widget, right? That same garlic press. So let's just start off by saying this. I believe that Amazon is not too saturated right now. Now, is it the same as it was two years ago? No, it's not. I mean, obviously, it's like anything. The landscape changes, right? I mean, is brick and mortar business the same as it was five years ago? No, you know, Amazon has pretty much taken some of their business away, right? Uh, same thing happened with Walmart, right? Or Target. They came in and kind of squashed a lot of the mom and pop shops. So what do the mom and pop shops have to do? They got to adjust. They have to pivot. Well, how do they pivot? Probably start selling some of their products online. That's what I would do in that case, right? So we have to understand that, yes, the landscape changes, but there's always going to be buyers. There's always going to be sellers, and it's up to us to adapt and to pivot, all right? So just understand, I'm not sitting here saying that Amazon is the only place that you should sell. I think that right now, it's where all of the, or not all, but a lot of the buyers are, so that's where it's going to be the easiest to get started, and then from there, we can start to talk about building out our product lines and and our brand and our funnels, and if you guys don't know what a funnel is, don't worry about it right now. Um, Just understand that you know it's still a great place to test and verify products and validate them before you go all in and start building a brand and all that stuff, all right? So I just want to be clear that I personally don't think that Amazon the time that I'm recording this right now, I do not believe that Amazon is too saturated to get started. Short little story. Um, I recently just did uh, a, a, a kind of like a test launch with uh, about eight SKUs. And these SKUs are all between $13.97 and $15.97. And you guys know my rule pretty much is I like to look at products that can sell between $19 and $45, somewhere in that range. And I'm, I still haven't found a product to sell at the upper end of that. I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of on the lookout for that. Um, but because I, you know, I tell people and I share with people that, you know, it isn't too saturated and you can go out there and still find a product that's, you know, $20 and still make it work. Um, I wanted to actually try something a little bit different. And that's why I tried this with a product that sells for $13.97 to $15.97. Now, I'm not saying go out there and do that because it isn't as easy um, as, I, I shouldn't even say the word easy. It's not, um, it's not as good as going out there and selling something that's $20 and above. But I was able to find some SKUs that the profit margin was still there. I'm landing these products, I'm landing them in Amazon for just over $3, okay? And then after Amazon FBA fees and all of that, um, I'm generally making about $5.50 to $6 per unit, okay? And the reason why I wanted to test this, a couple different reasons, is because I wanted to validate to myself that it still can be done. And the, uh, the, the second reason was because I seen that there was... A, there was a lot of people selling similar items. They weren't identical. Um, and I also seen that the, that they were selling, but the listings were really weak. And I thought I could do a better job. And uh, we have. And as I'm recording this right now, we're, we're right around Father's Day. Um, and because we're right around Father's Day, there's, there's a lot of people buying these types of items for gifts. All right. So because of that, we've had some really good days. And I'll just give you uh, one of the days uh, recently was yesterday. And uh, we had 110 units sold. Um, and these, all these products sell for $13.97 or less. Actually, there's one that sells for $10.97, but that one only cost us $1.50 to land. And then um, 
let's see, uh, that was yesterday. The day before that, I think we had like a 95 unit day. And the day before that, I think we had like a 68 unit day. Cause as you're getting closer to father's day, they start to ramp things up. Um, and again, these sales are going to drop after father's day, but I still think that we're going to level out. And when I launched these products, I said, if we can just sell five a day, and it's easy to do with a with not hardly any paper click and you're and you're making 6 bucks a unit like who wouldn't do that if you can launch 8 10 12 different SKUs right so to me personally um, that's when I'm that's when I'm playing around with them I'm kind of excited about it it's it's kind of fun and it's really easy because I don't have to put a ton out there uh, I I actually talked a little bit about this in one of my my past podcasts about kind of like the launch process that I used for this which was really really basic which was just you know, order 100 to 150 units, do a really small 20 to 25 uh, promo, you know, giveaway, and then turn on the pay-per-click on the auto and a suggested, and then let that run uh, for for a little while and see what happens. And that's exactly what I followed, and, and here we are. Uh, and I got to be honest, yesterday with the 110 sales that we had, we only spent $30 on the entire campaign, over all of the campaigns. 30 bucks, okay, for 110 sales. Now, again... That's not going to happen every single day. Um, you know, I think that we're we're kind of on the you know we're we're kind of in the in the the, the pay streak you know for the gold rush lovers out there. Um, but I'm just looking down at my mic here because I didn't realize if it was recording or not. I sorry if I if I kind of went away from the mic a little bit. I'm holding this little handheld, and I used this before. Usually does pretty well, so we'll see how this thing goes. It's kind of weird being in the car doing this. Um, Kind of feels good though. Got to be honest. Uh, but I'll get back on track here. Um, but like I said, uh, you know, and I, I'm kind of telling you this story because a lot of people out there they make excuses. You know, it's too saturated, and you know, there still is opportunity out there. Um, and again, I just proved it again, and I kind of did that to validate it to myself that yes, uh, you know, what I'm talking about can definitely be done. If you just go out there and you look at the numbers and you look at the research, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. So this way here, we can avoid any red flags um, and we can be a little bit more aware of what we're looking at as far as the data goes. Um, so let's kind of dig into those. What do you say? So number one, one, one main red flag is if you go to page one and it has all of those products are pretty much identical, okay? I said that very, very clear, didn't I? Identical, <laughs> all right? So I mean, like, all of them are the same, all right? They're the same image. They're pretty much I identical. There's nothing really different. Maybe some different pictures of how they're being displayed, but really, they're the exact same garlic press. That's red flag number one, okay? Red flag meaning that if someone is looking for this particular product, and if everyone is selling the exact same thing, it's going to be hard to compete. Now, if they're just looking for a garlic press, not a not a you know a particular type of one, you know an exact one. If they're looking for just a garlic press, and I can come up with a garlic press that is better, that is maybe a nicer design, maybe it has better images, then I'm going to stand out, right? And if I have a better selling proposition, meaning why mine is better, right? And the way that you would do that is by looking at like reviews and stuff and seeing how you can improve the product. But that would be number one red flag is like, if everyone is selling it, that's okay. But now if I'm going to go out there and try to sell the exact same thing, how am I going to be different? right? How am I going to look different? Well, we could bundle it. True. But I would want to look at that and say, you know what? There's too many people trying to sell the exact same thing by just slapping their logo on it. And that's what people are looking for. And people are buying that. And they're not going to really care what I come out with. Then I would probably go away from that. I wouldn't go any further 
in that product, okay? So that's like red flag number one, okay? Now, red flag number two is if I then go to page two and page three and page four and page five and I just keep going and there's so many pages of the exact same product, I mean, the same product within reason, right? Like it's just the same thing, I'm um, just maybe a slightly different version or maybe slightly different pictures. If I see that, that doesn't mean that I'm saying that people on page 15 are selling because those people probably already gave up a long time ago. But what it does show is that there's so many people trying to take that same exact product and just sell the exact same product, right? That to me is a red flag because the only way that I'm going to stand out and I'm going to rise above you know, the crowd is if I'm different. And if the product doesn't lend itself to being different, then I can't do that. So then I would just be like, okay, I'm out of there, right? I'm just, I'm out, all right? And you know, you have to think about this stuff and there's some different things and I'll, I'll give you guys some ideas here in a minute, but you just have to be aware of that because some people, they'll look at the front page numbers and they're like, okay, this is cool. You know, everyone is selling the garlic press and you know, page one through or listing one through 10. If I tally up all of those uh, sales per day and we're getting to the 3000 point, then, or per month, I'm sorry. And if we're going like 3,000, like we talked about with Greg Mercer on episode 56 and episode 161, and if we see that, we're all excited. But if everyone is competing on the exact same item or the product, that's going to be a red flag for me. Okay. Unless, big unless here, unless I can make the product better. Okay. Or I can make it stand out. All right. And there's a few different ways that we can do that. Right. We can have better packaging. Right, we can have it really seem like just a more, just just a more professional item. Right, perceived value is huge when when you come to packaging. All right, uh, it could be a different design altogether. It could be a different color. But if the color doesn't jive with the people, then we have a problem there. So just because we want to be different, we want to make a red one instead of a black one. We don't know that the customers are going to want red because it might not go with their kitchen. Right, so we have to be aware of that. Right, so you have to think about how you're going to make it different. And one of the biggest ways is to just listen to what people are saying about it. And the reviews are a great place to see that. And then from there, being able to make yours uh, answer that problem or solve that problem. Not just the problem of pressing garlic, but the people all in there saying that I wish that it came. Actually, I'll give you an example. All right. I was looking at, I'm actually going to be buying one of these, is a, uh, it's like a glass magnetic uh, whiteboard for my office, for my new office. I'm really excited about that because I want to be able to like draw out like funnel maps and I want to be able to write down like certain goals that I might have for that week and it just looks kind of cool too, right? And they sell for about $150, uh, $350 depending on how big it is and you know, I was looking at the reviews because obviously I'm going to buy this thing eventually and I was looking at what people were complaining about. So what most people were complaining about were two things. One, that the magnets that came with it, they did good, right? They, they, they worked, but the ones that you would buy in the store didn't work so good. So you had to have a special magnet. They didn't like that, okay? So if that was the case, well, we either got to make our, our board accept the generic magnets, so we should do some tests with that and figure out how we can make that happen, or we need to give them more of the other magnets so this way here they, uh, you know, they, they, they have enough to satisfy them or we have to offer the magnet separately or maybe as a bundle that they can add to it. So this here, it answers that problem. That was one problem that I seen that was coming over time and time and time again. Second one was, I wish it came with a template so when you hung it, we knew exactly where to drill the holes, right? So it doesn't come with a template. You just have to kind of got to measure things, right? And if you're not that handy, well, that's going to be tough. Wouldn't it be nice to take 
uh, you know, a piece of paper that would unfold into the exact size of your of your board, and then you can tape it on the wall, use a level, and then you can just drill the pilot holes, and then you could put your little tap cons in there, your little or your little uh, grommets for your uh, for your sheetrock or whatever, and then you could fasten it, and then it would line up perfectly, right? So you just solve that problem. You could put in your in your description, easy to hang with easy instructions and template, right? So now everyone else that's reading about the other one, they're going to read yours and be like, oh, this comes with it. That's awesome. And you just called out the problem, right? Or, you know, comes with, you know, 12 magnets plus, you know, a bonus pack of 12, something like that. Or maybe works with, you know, standard magnets that you buy in Staples, Target, all of these name brands, right? So that's a different way. And again, this just kind of came out of the fly here as I'm sitting here in my car in the sun talking to you guys. That just kind of came because I'm, I'm actually into that research right now and I was looking at the reviews. So do, do reviews work? They clearly do because um, I was looking at that stuff. And, you know, honestly for me, you know what I was saying to myself through this process? I don't really care about the magnets. I'm not buying it for that. So I don't really care. That doesn't. So see how reviews don't, that, that review doesn't necessarily affect my decision on buying that. But some people, a lot of people, they're buying it for that purpose, so that's going to be very important to them. So you can learn so much by listening to the reviews, and you can make your product stand out amongst those pages, those sea of pages of uh, people selling the exact same thing that are just trying to do the quick and easy, right? So I went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I think it was worth it. All right, so uh, so again, so that's like number two is if you see multiple pages of the same product, you're not necessarily going to run but you're going to want to look into that further because you don't want to just launch the same exact product, okay? Now, number three of the red flags is if you go to Alibaba or AliExpress or any place that you're going to be trying to find the supplier and you see the exact product that people are selling on page one, two, three, four, five, and so on, and you can see that they're just using that exact same product, that's a problem, okay? Because now, what's that mean? It's that much easier for someone else to knock your product off, right? So you have to find a way, again, to be unique. The other thing that I find, which I think is crazy, is either the manufacturer goes over to our listing and they'll make a copy of our image and then they'll use it on that page. I just did this. I was doing. I was researching this other product that I'm going to be working on with another um, another uh, brand and um, with a, with a partner. And we're looking and we instantly seen that Alibaba was using the exact same picture that they were using on Amazon. So that clearly told me that if someone else wants to rip me off, all they got to go, all they got to do is go on Alibaba, look at the supplier and you hear that snap and then rip me off. Right. So then we started looking at another product that wasn't easily found on Alibaba. Actually, you couldn't even find it. And I said, that's the one we probably should go for, but we could contact that place that makes that generic one and see if they will then make our product the one that we want that's not being displayed on Alibaba. That's kind of like another way that you can kind of piggyback off of some other company that's selling a certain type of product. Um, so anyway, so that's like, if you go to Alibaba and you see that same exact picture that's on, they think, don't get excited. Don't think that's awesome. Actually, that's a red flag. That's a red flag because that same image is being used on the listing on Amazon and on Alibaba. So it's just, it's, and a lot of people will fall into that trap. So don't fall into that trap. That's a big one. All right. So 
some things to consider here, okay, when you're going through this research, okay? And guys, you know, I feel like I've gone through research stuff before, but I think it can never be said enough to kind of go through and, and kind of revisit some of these things because whether you've launched a product and it's, it's successfully running right now, when you get to launch that next product, you're still going to have these types of questions and these types of things that you're going to need to look at. So, that, you know, you just want to take the time to do that. So the things that I look at too is, is the product selling well? Okay, of course we want to know that. So we ask ourselves that question. Is the product selling well that we're looking at, you know, on page one? Okay. The next thing is, is the product being driven, the sales being driven by a certain style? Okay. And what I mean by that, is there a certain pattern that people are buying? Is there a certain color that people are buying? Is there a certain shape that people are buying? Right? Because if you don't look at that and say, well, I'm going to make mine different. Well, they may be buying it because of the style. Maybe moms like a certain style and your product is is going after moms. Well, if you have a really ugly style pattern or whatever, they're not going to probably buy it. And then you're going to wonder, well, why isn't my my thing selling? You know, I, I did everything right. It's I see that, that they're selling this thing, but, you know, I just, it's just not selling. Why? Well, that's probably a reason because it's style driven. So just be aware of that. Okay. And the other thing is, is, is the product brand driven? Okay. Are people looking for, uh, you know, and I think the garlic press is one of them too, is like OXO, O-X-O. That's a big brand and they sell all kinds of kitchen goods and, and other things too. So maybe people are searching for that particular brand. I don't know if they are, but let's just say that someone's typing in OXO garlic press well, they're going to look for that one. And it doesn't matter if you have a private label one or not. They could buy yours. But if, they're, if their mother had one 30 years ago of the OXO garlic press and she's been happy with it and the thing's lasted for 30 years, you're, you better believe it that they're going to try to find that same brand and buy that brand. So that's what I mean by brand driven. Now, sometimes you don't know if it's brand driven because Amazon just has the sales. We don't know if external sales are being coming in. But there's a couple different things that you could do um, really easily. Okay. Um, number one, if you just do some, you know, some good old Google searching and just type in like, let's just say garlic press and you see that the top results are like by that brand, it's a pretty good chance they're getting some sales from those search results. Right? So that's, that's number one. Um, number two is you can do this cool little trick and you can take the Amazon listing, click on the picture. Okay. Click on the picture. And then sometimes if you click on it again, it'll enlarge it one more time. And then what you want to do is you want to control click, okay, control, you know, you want to hit the, the control key and then click it with your mouse. And then you're going to see, and this is only works in Chrome, I believe. And then from there, you're going to see, let me see, I wrote it down here because I wanted to make sure that I had it for you guys. You're going to see where it says, uh, let's see here. <laughs> I had it here and now I don't have it. Um, let's see, right click. Um, and it's going to say, Basically, um, I'm stalling here. I'm stalling. Okay, here it is. Control click. <laughs> All right. Search Google image. So if you're in Chrome, okay, go to Amazon, type in your product, find or type in, you know, your, your keyword, find the top sellers that you're looking at, the ones that have the most sales, click on their listing. And then from there, click on the image, their main image. And then from there, click on it one more time. That should enlarge it to its biggest form. And then what you're going to do is you're going to control click. And then you're going to see uh, some options there. And you're going to find search Google 
images. And what this does is anyone that has used that image in a blog post or in an article or in a, on a website, you're going to see that it's been used there. Because a lot of times, let's say that it's being published in the Huffington Post, which is a huge, huge publication, right? If you do that Google search and you find that image in a post that was done by Huffington Post, you can probably bet that they're going to be getting some sales inside of that. Because Huffington Post, all they're going to do is go find an image of that because they're talking about it. And they're going to grab the first one that comes in. And if it's the one that they used in their Amazon listing, well, guess what? You're going to be able to trace that back to that post. So there's a little hack for you. All right. So again, I'm going to, I'm going to go through that one more time. All right. And again, this will be in the show notes. You guys can check it out, the transcripts, all that stuff. But if you, you got to use Chrome, I'm not sure if it works in Safari. I'm not sure if it works in Firefox, but go to Chrome and then uh, you're going to want to go to your to Amazon.com. Go ahead and search for your garlic press, whatever that may be. Find the top sellers, okay, that you know that are getting your, your sales that you want to look at. And then from there, click on the listing and then click on the image, the main image, and then click on it one more time to enlarge it to its biggest form. If it's not enlarged all the way, click on it until it's it's enlarged to the max. And then from there, control click, at least that, that is what it is on a Mac. It might be option click on a PC, I'm not sure, but it's control click. And then you're going to look for the option that says search Google images, okay? And, uh, and then you're going to see where that image is being used all over the internet, okay? And that's what you want to do there. So the other thing, um, the other thing that you want to, uh, to understand that when you're doing this stuff, it doesn't mean that if you find that one product that's being, that's being driven by outside sales, that doesn't mean that you still can't do this. What it means is now you have to look at the other players that are private labeling, the other, the other listings. You got to look at those and see if they're getting enough sales. So let's just say, for example, the top listing is getting, 3,000 sales a month all by themselves, but then number two gets 800 and number three gets 600 and number four gets 500 and so on, right? And down till we get to the 10th one and maybe the 10th one's getting 300. Well, if you're looking at that, at those numbers and you feel that you can create a product that's going to be able to slide in somewhere there that people would be wanting to purchase, um, then to me, that's okay then that red flag goes away. I don't care that the outside traffic is coming from an outside blog post as long as they're not being dominated by that certain brand. Because sometimes you'll find that they're taking up four or five or even six spots. That's a red flag. That's a, that's a bonus red flag. That's the fourth red flag. I didn't even put it in here, right? So that's the fourth red flag. If you see um, that they're taking up four or five spots, then I'd be, I'd be a little more um, leery that if I can go out there and, uh, and make it work. Um, just because it's going to be hard to take up, you know, any more of those spots, unless I can see that the spots that are open, I could compete with. All right. So just going over my notes here, just to make sure that I don't miss anything. All right. So bottom line is this though, when you get to this point, if you feel like there's still opportunity there for you because there's so many, um, sellers, but yet they're selling the exact same thing that can be an opportunity for you. Okay. Because if you can make the product better, Okay, make the product stand out, whether that's with packaging or whether it's with better images. Um, I was actually, actually recently, we just did a, uh, a hot seat with Carl, and uh, you guys may have listened to that episode. Uh, but, you know, his images needed to be improved because his images stood out as not being really, really that attractive. And his competitors were really good. The other thing that we identified with Carl's story was, you know, his was a style driven type thing. Now, not saying his style couldn't sell, but you're kind of like guessing when you're creating your own style, your own pattern, let's say, right? So you got to be careful doing that. 
Um, so just another thing to be aware of. But images can definitely help to make your product stand out. Okay, but the bottom line is you need to stand out if you're going up against people with the exact same product. All right, you need to also ask yourself, is this for a market? Is this product for a market? Okay, or is it just a widget? Okay, what do I mean by that? Right, if you're just selling something that kind of serves the purpose to one person for one need and there's nothing else that could be sold in a product line, I would stay away from that. That's just me. Right, I want to be able to, you guys have heard me say it time and time again, if you guys are brand new, you're hearing me say it for the first time, but you're going to hear me say it a lot, it's where you want to be able to find products that can be served to a market because the market will need products and you just need to find out what their needs and wants are and then serve them products and Amazon allows us to do this by looking at frequently purchased together or frequently bought together and all of that fun stuff, right, so all the data is there. All right, so a couple other tips I want to give you guys, and I mentioned these before, but I'm going to mention them again, um, and if you didn't listen to episode 189, so that's the amazingseller.com forward slash 189, that was the product validation podcast that I did where you kind of, you look at the surface, you know, you look at the numbers in Jungle Scout, and you look at them, and you're like, oh, this looks really good. Wow, look at that. There's a, a seller that's selling... 400 units a month and they only have 10 reviews. Wow, that's awesome. But a lot of times you'll go back and you'll see by doing some of this this digging, you'll see that they just launched and they just did a promotion with 250 units or 300 units, right? And then that's kind of, it, it kind of skewed the numbers. So what I do, and again, I talk about it in 189 and I share exactly how to do that, but I'll do it really quickly here for you, is what you would do is you would take that listing and you would jump over to camelcamelcamel.com. Now, someone just told me, too, that there's an extension for Chrome for Camel, Camel, Camel. Um, I haven't used it yet, but I think if you search for um, Camel, Camel, Camel in the Chrome extensions, um, you'll find it. And he said it's right there embedded in, inside of it. So it's pretty cool. Um, so definitely check that out. But go to camelcamelcamel.com, and you would then enter in that listing, that, that URL, that web address, right? And then you're going to see how long they've been selling. You're going to see the sales uh, you know, the, the sales, um, uh, what am I trying to say here? The, the pricing, you're going to be able to see like how they've adjusted their price over time. You're going to see how long they've been selling for. You're going to see the BSR, how it's went up and down. You can usually tell if it goes, if it goes really out of whack and then it comes back. It's usually because they ran out of stock and then they got back in stock. Um, so that's camelcamelcamel.com to validate that the, you know, the volume or the demand that you're looking at is, uh, is legit. Google Trends, you also want to look at that because we want to see if something is seasonal. And if it's seasonal, it's okay. Like right now, like we kind of jumped on a product that's that's kind of like right now selling well for Father's Day, but I think it'll sell good for Mother's Day. I think it'll sell good for birthdays. I think it'll sell good for other occasions, you know, appreciation stuff. But um, with that all being said, you know, um, it is seasonal in, in a sense. But then you have to, if you're going to go down that road and you want to find other products that can be served to that same market at different seasons, okay, if that makes sense, so that's Google Trends, um, and again, like I said, definitely check out episode 189, that's the product validation um, one that I did, um, and I actually walk you through with a video in that one too, so definitely check out that, that'll be in the show notes as well, and then episode 161 I did with Greg Mercer, all about product research and demand and all that stuff and, and volume, and then episode 56, again, that was with Greg Mercer as well, and um, yeah, all of that stuff is really, really still relevant, and it's really, uh, it's, it's useful, so definitely check that out, um, and all of the, like I said, all of the resources, the transcripts, the show notes, everything will be on uh, this episode, um, on the show notes to this episode, which is theamazingseller.com 
forward slash 224. So that's theamazingseller.com forward slash 224. And everything will be there. I'm going to recap real quick the three red flags for bad product selection. And that is, one, if you find that on page one, every single item just about is the exact same product with the exact same or similar image, um, that's when you're going to want to really make sure that you do all of your homework here. Okay. And then number two is if you see multiple pages of the same product, so kind of the same as, as one, as page one results, but then if you go deep and you say, wow, there's like there's like 300 or 400 sellers selling the exact same thing, well, okay, it's good. We, we know that there's volume and there's depth maybe because the numbers support it, but it's going to be really hard to grab that because I'm just the same same product, right? And then number three, if you look at, at uh, Alibaba or AliExpress and you see that they have the same product, the exact same product and the same image there, and someone else can just go ahead and just inquire about it and then start to get them shipped, that's a red flag, all right? So again, um, that's like the three. I gave you a fourth. The fourth was if you see that also something is brand-driven or something is getting a lot of outside traffic by doing that little hack with the image, then that would be another sign to maybe bail on that product, okay? So um, those are the three uh, plus the bonus red flags that I gave you. So hopefully this is going to help you. Um, I know when I go through this stuff, it actually helps me. That's why I like to kind of go through it because it does make it seem like you can follow this process. Now, nothing might be 100% like clear, right? Like you're not going to have something that just says, yep, everything's pointing to go. You're going to have some gray areas. And that's where you you have to kind of trust your gut. But you can do all of the the uh, the background check and the research and all of that stuff that we've went through before that can minimize the um, you know the, uh, the the product not doing well. All right. So again, hopefully this has been helpful. Um, again, the episode here to get all of the show notes and the resources and the links and all that stuff is over at theamazingseller.com forward slash two two four. Um, this has been fun. This has been really cool. Uh, time flies when you're having fun. Um, I got to get going here. Actually, uh, my wife and I are going to be heading out now to go and uh, sign the papers for our new house. So um, that's kind of exciting, but I got to run. Uh, but hopefully uh, when you listen to this, uh, you are able to uh, take this stuff and, and use it. And um, hopefully by then I'll be sitting uh, in my new office recording the future podcast episodes. So that ought to be fun. And uh, just to remind you guys too that uh, if you wanted to register for an upcoming workshop, um, as a time that this is recording, not sure if there will be one right now in the next week or two, but uh, go check it out if you want to attend one. And that is at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. All right, so that's theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. Once again, guys, I want to thank you guys for all of the emails, all of the support, especially everyone reaching out and just saying, hey, good luck with the move, man. Uh, so glad uh, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're living the dream, man. You're going out there and you're, you're moving to where you want to live because you can. And uh, that's what I've always said, right? It's, it's a lifestyle thing for me. It's not necessarily all about the money. It's what the money can provide for, for me and my family and hopefully for you and your family. And that's what I'm after. So um, if you are too, just let me say that, uh, take it from a guy that is nothing special, trust me. Um, you know, going all the way back to when I was a construction worker to where I was a, you know, a photographer with my wife and we ran our own business to selling stuff on eBay, selling stuff on Amazon, um, all of that stuff, and now being able to help and teach other people um, what I've done through the years is, uh, yeah, if I can do it, anyone can, trust me. 
All right, guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Let my neighbors hear you. Come on. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Actually, maybe not right here because this is in the car. Maybe it'll be behind the new desk. Anyway, I'll see you later. All right, bye.